Welcome back to Sakura Successes, Episode Three, Season Two. We're doing them in person now. So uh, today I have two, two good buddies of mine, Ralph uh, Debugnera and Jeff Van No. I'll let you guys give a little bit of background on, like, just so people can understand, you know, how experienced both of you are in this game, and then using that, we want to go into a little bit about what we're seeing in the current market. You want to go first. I'm just going to take a quote. I mean, Ralph said I was unapologetically innovative. <laughs> that's true. And that's how I'm going to leave Ralph here up. Um, I'm doing this since about 2001, really mostly through mortgages and my own real estate purchases. Uh, you know, I've gotten a little bit more involved in some other stuff in there, but I'm in the business since 01. So I went through 08 and the crash and all that crazy nonsense. And the last two years of craziness I've gone through. So um, between making a lot of buying mistakes and then a lot of mortgage mistakes, I've really learned mostly from my failures. But I, I've known you since... 13. 13. And you were in the business since when? 07. 07, yeah, yeah. So I was 20. I couldn't even have a legal drink. I was in the <laughs> Dominicans and they were asking me to take shots. And I'm sitting there like, I can't even legally drink. Like, I'm 20, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't have a shot of Brugal right now. <laughs> I didn't have a shot of Brugal. I was going to say, I feel like that's probably why you were a successful loan officer because you weren't the one just drinking at all those events. That was, that was part of it. Yeah. You know? That was part of it. Aside from uh, you know, giving myself the challenge of really succeeding at 20, you know, everyone was 45, 50 years old, negative, down and out. Yeah. And uh, no one liked working. No one liked respecting people or like truly focusing on relationships. Yeah. So for me, I just took it as a, a big challenge. Yep. Yeah, I feel like that's why we're here. I mean, I he met you in 2013. You said I met you in 2014. 14. Yeah. Uh, devil's tickets too. If anybody wants to get get to my heart, oh, I, more, I, I man. I'll give tickets out. I'll, I'll spend money on people. <laughs> <laughs> relationship. But that's the one to get to you. His yeah. devil's tickets. But that was fun, man. I mean, even like the suite that we did. That was that was a good time. We had the a bunch weekend. Of, bunch. No, it was no. Pub Daddy. Oh, it was Pub Daddy Pub concert. Daddy, yeah. Yeah. yeah was, but again, like let's. So I think when people try and like lead for relationships with money, right? Yep. And while like, yeah, you know what? The company I worked for had devil's tickets, season devil's tickets, I offered them to you because you liked hockey. That wasn't me like buying your business or buying your friendship. Yep. Like, I genuinely said like, you like hockey, we have devil's tickets, go to the game. And then fast forward two years later, you know, I dropped like 20 grand on getting a box for the Puff Daddy Mace Re- Bad Boy reunion tour, put 30 people in a room and I didn't do it to get business. I did it to just nurture my relationships, right? Yeah. So I didn't just take 30 grand and throw that hope in yeah. like something would come of it. I reinvested that money in an experience. I think that experience, part of that is what carries my relationships forward, you know, 10, 15 years down mm-hmm. the road. And that too, the people that were in that room, that was those weren't new clients. No. Those were the people that were already doing business with and, and everything. Real and, and, and I remember like a differentiator when we first spoke. Yeah, it was, I, I joke. It wasn't the devil's tickets. It was, you were saying, send me your worst freaking deal. Send me your you shit you deal. <laughs> I sent you so many shit deals. I closed all That you actually, at yeah. the end of that, I remember you saying, can you give me like an easy one? Like, give, I never asked for give me one of those, yeah. those Listen, layups. Let's just tell the truth though. The truth is, the reason why we're still friends is because your wife met Victor Cruz right before the, the concert. <laughs> and I wouldn't have known it was Victor Cruz either unless I posted it on my Instagram unless he was like, that's Victor Cruz right there. And then Kara ran up. She's a huge Giants fan. And took a picture. In her. Yeah, so. we got, that was at the concert too. Completely forgot about Brett. She didn't even know Brett was no, there. I saw Victor Cruz and she started salsa. This is the problem with, with Jeff, by the way, though. Jeff, that's what Jeff's thing. He's like, give me the most difficult thing you possibly could imagine giving me. And then he's like, hey, um, just so you know, this deal shouldn't be getting done, but we have to get it done. And it's got to close in two days. It's like, all right, great. Get it done, you know? yeah, yeah. Well, then we And then we carried that through private money, too. That same mentality where it's like, I called Jeff up. I'm like, hey, I want to buy that house or that, that two family, but I need to tap equity over here and I need to do, and like, 
We did some 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 very creative financing that we you know prepaid payments or rolled them into the back end like sure. stuff that really works well for developers. Yeah, I think you know and I, I hate saying how it's sad and I always say like guys like Ralph and myself in this industry, it's very easy to stand out because we're consistent. We do things the right way. We have pride and we keep our word. Right? Yeah, um, and we never tell you something that we can't do. So yeah, while we may stand out or be considered towards the top top half of the industry, whatever you want to call it. It's mainly because of our work ethic, but also because of how poor the people come into the industry and how they don't take the time to actually learn the industry, right. form relationships, no guidelines. They come in for it for the money. And while we are in it for money, for resources, and provide for our families, we actually care about what we do. And we yeah. care about the people yeah. we deal with. Yeah, it's, I mean, this is, th- this is one of those, those periods, right? Where yeah. it's tough, where it's uh, business is down. People are starting to question if they're actually good at the job anymore, anymore. And I'm hearing it from everybody. Like, uh, you know, last year was so great and now this year is so hard. But this is, you know, and you you know this too at this point now. I think you stay in this business through the lean times and through the average times for the pop years. Yep. And last year was a pop, the last two years were a year where the business spiked. But like, you have to be able to maintain during these years to get the opportunity during those years. And like, I think if you look at anybody and they were like, hey, you're going to have to make this much money this year, which is 25% of you're going to make four years from now. But if you make that money this year, you're going to have a huge everybody would do it you yep. just nobody has a crystal ball yeah but that's what this business is no and that's exactly what it is and i tell people too like a lot of people are getting uh you know deflated and they're starting to they're they're feeling that burnout right now and i'm like you need to get back when you decided i'm gonna be a loan officer i'm gonna be a realtor and you signed up for the test like the 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 you know endless possibilities of income freedom all of that stuff that that you were feeling in that moment like nobody gets a real estate license and says i want to make 32 grand a year and drive uber to support yeah, my right. like that's, that's not like i want to show eight you, houses on a sunday the credit card in that's not what yeah, you're signing it, up yeah. for you wanted that you want the vacations you want to be in miami you want to have you want to have the airbnb business Freedom. you want to yeah you want to have the world yeah so i tell people get back to that mindset and make sure that you're always operating in that 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 like level of joy and get back to the basics get yeah. back to those deep relationships with people i see so dude my i don't i haven't sold a house in you know over a year or whatever we just sent it out to the teams i still just get calls all the time from past clients that i'm bad i like i will admittedly say i haven't talked to this person in eight years but i was able to make such an impression on them back the then that they're calling me to ask me who I know in Orlando because they're relocating. That yeah, way. I had this conversation. With my team. You make that's a great point because I make this conversation with my team last week. As far as their customers go, whether it's a new customer or it's a past customer, what do they find value in, right? Yep. And if they find value in the person you truly are, and that's valuable, then like like you just said, they still call me eight years later because they found value in what our relationship was. But if you make it something that's transactional, it's only based on the late, lowest rate, or the lowest fee in the market. Then that's all, that's all their value really was, and they don't return. So yep. I think that people don't realize when. You're willing to reduce yourself down to just get the business in for whatever that is like you don't take pride in what your time is or your value is that's usually not going to be something that's going to be fruitful in the future because they're only valuing you for what you are what you can provide in that moment yep. so it's like that's where the discount broker stuff comes in yeah i think you know me personally i always had the belief and this is like what i've realized i didn't realize what i was doing at the time it's just how i built my business you know for the first 10 years of my career i met every not only did i meet every single person in person right yep. And I say every single person that I could meet in person, obviously if you were in Florida, I'm going to take a flight down, right? Every single person, 
in their house, on their territory, or in my office, face-to-face, meeting one, and I had the belief that if I gave you all myself for an hour, two hours, three hours, eight hours, yep. right? Whatever it took. Yeah. Because it's a true story. My yeah. best client today, we sat in my office for eight hours. It was going to be a 45-minute meeting. He's my best friend today. Done 12 mortgages for him and his wife and everything. Baby mama, significant other, whatever. <laughs> um, phenomenal people. That I'm going to leave an impact that, hey, I'm going to give you all I got my first shot. Yep. I'm not going to follow up with you because yeah. I know what I have. You need what I have, but other people might have what you think, right? Yeah. But you're going to call me if we're the right fit. If I don't impress you or I don't tell you what I know in that time frame, you're never going to be happy or pleased with me. And I made it so purposeful to be present and give them everything A to Z, help them fix their credit, whatever, give them advice. And that's why, you know, even when I took two and a half years off, three years off, whatever you want to call it, because that's how long I took off. My phone rang more then because I had thousands of people that I helped or family members that I helped and didn't ask anything for, you know, and I went to a free meeting. Hey, here's an hour of my time. And it it paid dividends a year later. So I always say like, yeah, you know what? You might have to sacrifice 10 years. I did it from 20 to 30. I sacrificed every single other aspect of my life to build my career. But in that three and a half years or two years, whatever the number is, I still don't know. I try not to think about it, that I didn't work. Yeah. My phone never stopped ringing. Yeah. Well, I think that both of you too, what you've done done really well is you're both connectors and you know a lot of people and you help people connect with other people that don't benefit you in any way, shape, Isn't or form. Isn't that the game though? But, but not but, for everybody. But yeah, you, right? you're one of the best that I know. Like yeah. I need a I need a wallpaper guy. My HVAC's down. My like yeah. anything you can think of. Brett just talking to you in a text with this guy. He yeah. actually doesn't even wait. No, he, he's, you know, he's he great. No, he, he did, right into yeah, it. he does it to me. He's done it to me before. Ass, yeah. He did it to me with Brad Lee, actually. He was talking about Brad Lee. And, and he did it so fast that I didn't know I was on the phone with Brad Lee. He's like, hey, Ralph, my friend Brad's on the phone. Saturday, I'm like, I'm like dude, I'm not going to send a baseball game right now. So I think I, I didn't blow him off, but I was like, hey, Brad, you think I can give you a call later? And yeah. then I got the phone. I was like, who was that? He's like, that was Brad Lee. I'm like, dude, I have no idea what we just talking to. But that he that's who Jeff is. Jeff's like, he think he does it like that second, right? You know, like so, I, I, I. You know what I learned? So how I've always been that way, right? And I don't want anything for it. I want to help people because I know what it's like not having help or support or having ten issues that I have to solve all on my own. Yeah. And sometimes I just wish somebody would be like, "Hey, let me solve this problem for you." But it's also made me who I am, right? So yeah. like, how I'm able to see a problem, diagnose it, and solve it in a blink of an eye? It's because I was always under fire since the day I got into the business. Right. Under siege, under fire, whatever you want to call it. So when literally my whole life was burning for 10 years, you know, because of things I got myself into, businesses, this, that, the mortgage business alone, I I had to solve problems quickly or, you know, the house can burn down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, during times like this, and I've said this, especially recessionary periods and all this other stuff, right? You want to double down on the stuff you know best, I think. This is where I think it is. Like the stuff I know how to do the best, I want to double down on that. Like yep. because it's easier to navigate choppy waters when you're doing something you know every single day. And I just want to be consistent every single day because it's hard it's hardest to be consistent when business is down. Right. Because you're like, screw it. Right. I'm just gonna go do this. It's or, easy to do nothing. It's easy to do nothing. But the one when I did nothing in in between 07 and 08, I didn't do nothing when the market crashed, but I took a I was like, screw this. I'm gonna take a guarantee. I got some. I got two different companies to give me guarantees. They both subsequently closed in the next twelve months. But like, just so I didn't have to do anything and I could pay my bills while the market was crazy. I was yep. like, I'm gonna do nothing. I'm just gonna wait until this gets out. But the problem was, is it didn't work. Yeah. It dulled my skills because I wasn't working every single day. And at the end of it, I still had to go back to doing the stuff I didn't want to do. Yep. Except now I was further behind. I was further in the hole financially. I was. I just made it worse by not doing something every single day. Right. So like when COVID happened. 
at first when they shut everything down, I viewed it as the same thing, even though it didn't end up being that. But I was like, this is the same thing. It's going to hurt the mortgage business, all this stuff. I was like, all I want to do is just not freeze. Right. Like, I just want to, like, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to move forward. So I think this is, here we are again, right? Yep. Market is down. People are losing money. People aren't sure if they want to buy houses. This is the best time to be in. Yeah. It really is the best time to be in. It just have to be, you have to be consistent with it. And if you're consistent with it, you're going to, the momentum you have coming out of it will be so supercharged yep. that you, you'll be ahead of everybody. But it's, it, you got to have to have the fortitude to kind of get through it. I think having, you know, what I've learned is having the right people around you yep. and people you surround yourself with in general. Like I, there was a quote the other day and I'll, I'm probably going to butcher it, but it's like I had people that were in my circle but weren't in my corner. Yeah. Right. And when you think about it, like how, like I get chills saying that, like, yeah. you know, and obviously, and they like boxing and everything, like having somebody in your corner is invaluable. And there's yeah. so many people that want to be in your circle for the wrong reasons, but if they're not in your corner, they got to go. And, you know, I think we're often fooled by, oh, we want this person to like us, or we want 10 people to be our followers. Well, they might be dog shit followers. What do you want them to follow you for? They're, they're only looking out for their best yeah, interest. Yeah, yeah, like when you yeah. call them and just say, hey, do you mind like coming to my free event? Uh-huh. And like they can't even do that. Like, you know, you just got to really, you know, hone in on that, but I'll tell you a funny story. So I've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars into businesses, ventures, partnerships, friends, you name it, Hunt, probably more than that, multiple yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars, which obviously you know. And um, I opened up a 401k when I moved over the Cardinal last year. And I obviously maxed my 401k out every year. I set the same amount every month. So January, I put money in, down. February, I put money in, down. At one point, and again, I had like 10 grand or whatever. I'm down like 22%, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm down $2,200. Yep. Like, if you gave me a challenge right now, I'd probably give you $2,200 to accomplish it and not even think twice. It could, it could give two shits because I control it, right? Yeah. So I'm sitting here and every day I'm looking at this stupid 401k down 1800. I'm like, is this a fucking joke? I, I'm so mad. <laughs> so finally, as of today, because I stayed consistent, I said, look, I'm gonna put the same amount of money in every single month, like obviously dollar cost average, because yeah. my best friend at Goldman said, the market's going to end up by year end. So we're bu- we're in a buying period right now, right? Yeah. So I stuck to my mentality as much as I wanted to cut the 401k off as pissed as I was being down $87 because I'm not managing money. I want If I'm going to lose my money, I'm going to lose my money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want someone else to lose my money, right? Yeah. I, I give you my money so I don't lose money, right? <laughs> but it's just, it's just funny how to show you, right? Yeah. So finally today when I log in, down like 50 bucks. You would have thought I just hit a million dollar lottery ticket. This is back. Yo, I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> One more update, I'm positive, right? But it goes to show you like perspective of how like, again, I have no problem spending 10, 15, $20,000 in a blink of an eye. Yeah. I spend $13,000 a month on my technology company. Yeah. But being down $1,800 on my 401k, I lose sleep over that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But crazy. it goes to show you like, invest in what you know and stick to the plan. Like my plan yeah. was put the same amount of money in every month and regardless over 15 years, I'm yeah. going to end up being up you know, 10% year over year over year because that's what the law of averages in the stock market show. But yep. I didn't get panic and get away from my plan. Yep. I could have easily done that and said, no, you know what? Right. Just give me the money, I'll trade options and make it back in the day. Yep. No, 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 I'm going to stick to the plan, not change it. If anything, I up my contributions. Yep. You know, so I, I tell that story because you can very easily get honed in on the wrong things. Like I'm worried about losing $87. You know, I'm working on a deal right now where I'll make $100,000 on one deal. But that $87, is right. that thorn in my side. Yeah, but you're right about it. Just to stay consistent with it. You did the right thing. Completely. I mean, if, but if you look at the market in 08 when it crashed, um, I think S&P stocks were down like 30% like yeah. that year. If you if the people who invested in 08, I forget what this was, it wasn't a lot of money. It was like 100 bucks a month or something like that. That $100 a month ended up being like $20,000 by 2010 because it was, it multiplied. And because 
the average, like S and P five hundred and Nasdaq one hundred stocks, right? Yeah. Every single year they've been up forever, right? They're always up. So three months ago, I went to everybody in my office. I was like, just if you guys don't want to do that stuff, just put money into Amazon. It's splitting. Just put money into Amazon. I still believe this. I don't. I could be completely wrong, but like, you got to look at the lower averages. I, I won't get, per, get the person's name, but I just I want to bring this up. I saw somebody put a video up up the other day, and they were talking about the market crash. And they were like, the market crash really started in this year, not in this year. All the stuff, right? But there was no. This is what I said to you the other day. There was no historical facts behind this. So then right. you're pushing fear, but you don't really. Either if you don't have experience, if you have experience, but it's a different thing, you talk about your experience. But like, if you can't talk about your experience and you don't have any historical facts about it, then why are you advising people right. on, on what it was and what you should be doing with it? And I think that's part of the issue we run into now. Like, Completely. if I don't know, I at least go look up this data. Right. Yeah. How's this 20 year old girl who dances at a strip club telling me the market's going to crash? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, <laughs> market? You better worry about that pole coming off the wall, girl. Uh, what are you doing? I'll be honest with you, yeah, right? right. You're, you're a 20 year old. You, know, you live with your parents, you're telling me yeah. the market's gonna crash? Well, I'm too. confused here, you know? That's I'll tell you how to dance, don't tell me the market's gonna crash. <laughs> That's like I jokingly said, I think it was 2018 in, in like the first big crypto boom or whatever, that there's a guy at the corner gas station that's also a, a financial planner around 100%. crypto, so if you need any, any advice, go to 14th and Washington in Hoboken. But yeah, no, that's, a, I took my father-in-law as a financial planner um, and, and you know, does very well for himself. And I remember asking him like two weeks ago when the market crashed in 2008, 2009, did you go and buy heavy? And he goes, no, I just stuck to my Everyone plan. Yes. He goes, I just stuck, stuck to my plan. I kept yeah. doing what I was doing and I kept telling my clients to do what they were doing. Because when you start hammering money into something like that at that point too, and you, and you predict that the market's going to come back yep. up, and it doesn't, you're screwed. Yeah, screwed. over leveraging, yeah. Screwed. Right. Yeah. So, so that kind of goes back to the whole thing. Whereas I, you know, I'm, I'm golfing this afternoon with, with a realtor that came to me and said, Hey, listen, I did 20 million last year and I'm dried up this year. What am I doing wrong? Well, I'm going to go back to what he did to do, to do the 20 million the year before. And I guarantee he doesn't have to do anything different than that. He just stopped doing it. Stopped doing it. He fell off of his plan because he was making so much money in what was an easy very market. easy to get distracted i think part of this and 21 was not an easy market either it's like no it wasn't in their head that it was it wasn't you're right 2020 2021 like people were very competitive people were working competitive. an 80 hour week yes. well, it was just easier because there was it was busy so they got distracted by it everyone right. wanted to yeah. buy or sell yeah right there was income at the end of what they were doing 100 the candle for that's why ends. i think it's so important and i know i do this frequently it's so important to enjoy reinventing yourself and i always say like i don't reinvent myself the market reinvents me yep I, again, like as much as I'd like to reinvent myself, like I am who I am, but I could also have fun creating a new brand or a new strategy. Like, and again, the market does that. You yep. just have to be aware of what the market conditions are and where the market's heading to have fun recreating the Brett's core of superhero or like right. getting into commercial. And if you don't keep looking for that growth and evolution, yeah, you know what? You're going to become miserable 45, 50, 60 years old yeah. doing the same thing all day, every day, and then wonder why. You're not happy with yourself because you haven't grown since the day you got into the business. Yeah, you might have made millions and millions of dollars, but did you really like use your creativity? Did you really like focus on helping people? Probably not. Yeah, I mean, listen, I just um, the waves. You know what I mean? Like the, the way, like you know, this this year has probably been the toughest year in financing for for me personally since 2008. I would say you know what I mean because business is down. Um, you know, there's the mortgage companies have a lot of money from the previous year. So there's a lot of recruiting going on through money, you know? So it's like, you know, you kind of feel like you're fending off everything on every angle and like, you know, uh, CFPB audits, IRS audits, like, you know, the mortgage business made a lot of money. Let's just, and everybody's looking at it. Too. Yeah. So take it back. So, that, so, so it's just, 
you know, but this is where you, this is where there's a learning experience for every single aspect of your business. You'll learn how to do it better because you have no, you have no freaking choice, right? Yeah. Um, I just think that this is people will this will be the biggest growth year for everybody. Screw last year, this will be the biggest growth year for everybody if they do the work this year. Yeah. But I just think it's it's hard to, and I have to tell myself that every single day too. It's not like you know I have to go do it myself every single day. Just keep doing it. You yep. know what I mean? Like, cause it's you're gonna grow this year, but. The, every single time I've been in a, in a place where it was a straight line up for a long period of time, yep. there was a big drop coming at the end of it. Absolutely. It's inevitable. So I think you just have to understand that's going to happen. It's got nothing to do with you personally. Just you, you ride the wave. You, I mean, I just think that even sitting at this table with you guys, I think we're positioned better when it's going to be good again, right? Right. Completely. So, so it's just like, you know, you said it before, like keep the right people in your corner, but I just surround yourself with the right people. Do the right things every single day, and inevitably you will be successful the same way you were before. Like you're going to call for the sky together today. You know what I mean? And the and the nice thing too with it is it really it's so interesting how many people, regardless of what they're making, are still paycheck to paycheck a lot of times too. True. So you only need like a 90, 120 day window of them kind of freezing up to have fifty percent of the LOs to drop out of the game, fifty percent right. of the realtors drop out of the game, Absolutely. and then all of a sudden. You know, if we look back at 2000 and I think it was 2000, 2008 was the biggest in the United States. I could be wrong, so don't quote me on this, but it was something like the transaction count was the highest behind 2006. Can, so we, the, fact, can we fact check that? Yeah, let's yeah. I think he's right about that. Can we buzz the IRS on me? Let's get me audited in every way. No, but I, I remember hearing that and I think it was, I think it was 08 behind 06 or it could have been 09 behind 06. You wouldn't hear that on the news though. No, you're right. And so if you tune into that whole side of things or you're sitting by a water cooler, there's people running laps around you and, and doing deals and making money and Completely. connecting deeply with clients where you're just, you know, in this no, but state. Even, social media makes it even worse. It worse, but it's even furthermore, like crypto got killed, right? NFTs got killed. Like a lot of the stuff that collectibles got, uh, have, have been a big reduction. Everything is down. So it's not just real estate. Yep. Down. Everything's down. But if you look at real estate, real estate's down the least. So even if real estate's down 20%, it's still down less than all these other stuff is down. So I'm not saying that other stuff is bad either. I still think there's value in other, other assets to invest in. I'm saying that real estate, in my opinion, has become gold. It has become treasury notes. It has become the more conservative, long-term asset that you're gonna, it's gonna be less volatile than some of the other stuff in the market. Okay. And you know, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm right or wrong about that, but that's the way it looks at this moment. Look, as long as there's financing available for real estate, real estate is still a sexy appeal. People have to live somewhere. People yeah. Yeah. want to give their families everything. People want to live in a comfortable environment, right? So like the only thing detracting from real estate is what? Maybe the cost of it, but you could always go find a piece or a cheaper yeah, piece yeah, of real just, estate somewhere. Just like you, you have, we were talking about, you just came back from Captiva Island with yeah. your son. I was talking to Megan who works for us this morning. She lives in Lake George. When you hear people talk about their homes and where they live, it's a passionate thing. I was like, how is Captiva? You're like, unbelievable. Like, it was great. It was yep. this, 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 and that. Like yeah. people can find passion where they live sure. and stuff around their house and stuff sure. like that like it's very hard to find that in anything else you don't yeah. find that in stock you don't find that like, no, that's, so what like, that's what yeah. homeownership is yeah. still yeah. pride in america yeah. and that's why like even if prices go up like i never heard a latin couple in the hispanic market ever complain about a home price because they still have pride like that's still their dream pride and, ownership, and they'll yeah. pay and they'll pay for their dream yep. yeah yep and that's why you need to make money in real estate too and, and so you can you can you can actually purchase the things that you deserve the things that yeah. like you actually so you walk into your home like and it has that feeling behind it or you can go on vacation and, and be in an airbnb down in florida and have that feeling that yeah. experience of like I, I oh think, this is nice i think i went through a lull for a while in buying properties just because i got killed and then it came back and then i started buying heavy again the last three four years but like i can have a better conversation within my business yeah when i'm actually buying things myself 
It's harder for me to have that conversation and understand the psyche because even as people within the business, when you buy something, you just bought a house for yourself. Yep. It's still a stressful process. Yeah. It's not an easy process. It's hard for us too. So it's yeah. like you could understand it a little bit better going sure. through it when you actually do it yourself sure. instead of just telling somebody how to do it. You yeah, know? you get the pulse of the market. I think that's why like, yeah. I love what I do is I deal with everyone from the guy at the gas station on 14th Hoboken <laughs> like, telling me about crypto yeah. who wants to try and buy his home, right? Yeah. All the way to you know, the hundred millionaire on Wall Street, right? Yeah. So getting everyone's kind of perspective and then like waiting out what I believe and what I don't believe. But one thing I'll tell you is what I've done recently is the public is always wrong, as we know, right? The media is wrong, the public's wrong. So the fact that everyone and their mother who's uneducated saying the market's gonna crash, that means the market only has one way to go. Yeah. So, and the fact that people are saying interest rates are going eight percent, I knew for sure they weren't right and they couldn't <laughs> go to eight percent, right? So like you got to put into perspective where the information and news is coming from. Yep. Most people can't think for themselves, and that's been proven. So all they could do is read headlines and share headlines yeah. without any you know, well, meat, well, meat behind the it. The problem with this is it doesn't happen, right? right. If, if, it, if there is no crash or if there is no right. whatever happens, nobody's penalized for saying it. Right. There's no con- Nobody even remembers. Like I just saw Jim Cramer say yesterday. Unless you're like a president. You yeah, you're just all right. Yeah. I, I saw not Cr- even. <laughs> yeah, not, <laughs> not even. Not at this not point. Even. Yeah, I saw Cramer say yesterday that he's like, when I said that inflation had topped out last month and all the newspapers killed me, where are they now? Because yeah, because it, 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 it really he was he was kind of right about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, it seems like it's topped out. I hope he's right at this point. It seems, seems like it's on the way other way. But you could say anything really. Yeah. If you're wrong, nobody holds yeah. you. Everyone's to got it. A if you're memory. right, nobody. Yeah, everybody's got to show up every, now more than ever. That's why I like putting things in writing blogs and doing videos. You can actually go back and look. I wrote this article in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. You told me I was wrong. Wait, here we are six years later, you know? Hey, I said this on, on a post back in 2009. Uh, Gary Vee does that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah he goes back. But he has so much content yeah. that he's just plugged he in. He out the stuff he was wrong on. Yeah, yeah. And he's just shooting I, I think, all yeah, You're right. I think the key is just being consistent. And I, I believe, like, look, if you make if you make a statement, yeah. have facts to back it up. Just don't make a statement. Like, don't make a headline. Yep. If you have a theory, you're right to have your theory. You're right to have your voice. You're right to have your opinion. But come with educated facts. Yeah. And I would, I a thousand percent agree with you too, where like I bought my home last summer because I had a kid I needed and you know, we had a second one on the way I needed more space. So it was driven by necessity and I knew that the market could shift up. It could go one way or another. I, to me, that felt like the peak of the market last summer. I didn't think it would have continued to climb. It really felt like it was like, all right, this is going to, so, so I felt the same way. I was able to make that decision based on needs for me and my family and based on that experience. And then with that, I can have that conversation with the consumer. Like I fucking did it. Whereas like, same with you. It's like, I, I've done Airbnbs. I've built new construction. You've done like, we, we've been in so many different things and yet I find so many realtors too that they've never even bought their first home. So like that should really be How could you advise them if you've never done it? You're right. And, and you can because I did it for years. But, you know, I didn't buy my, you didn't know I bought my first home in 2014. So like I have seven years, I, I faked it till I made it. Yeah. But I consumed as much information as I possibly could. And I'll tell you that those conversations get a heck of a lot easier when you're actually in the game relate. with them. Yeah, you I, can't fear experience. Yeah, yeah. You, relate, you know? Yeah. Well, listen, even even prices coming down, like going through that where prices were super reduced and all that stuff that happened. I can talk about a property that I bought in 05 in Florida in Naples for two thirty. Um, it was worth in 08 like 70. Yeah. Um, I had no choice but to keep it because I, I didn't want to give up my license. I didn't want to become bankrupt, so I kept it. Property's worth like 310 now and I it's my mortgage is paid off and I make money on it. So that's, a, a good and a bad example but for me it's an example of like look I was able to outrun my mistake of buying that property because it was a bad purchase yep. by being able to stay in it yeah, but listen everyone else hears the difference right and this is like what makes you who you are and your pride and your brand is like 
you didn't walk away because you made the wrong decision. You tried to I hang on and you yeah. figured it out. You know, most yeah. 99% of the people, which is why Florida took the path it took, is because they all walked away from Escape the second home, vacation home, and every other every yeah. other opportunity. And they have all their eggs in like one basket, two net worth wise, where I feel like everybody owns their primary resident and they want it, they want it to be an investment for them. And yet they're not investing in the things that actually make money in this business. Whereas right. if you own, if you own, you know, if you buy a new property every three years or something like that, or let's use Hoboken as an example, I'll see a million dollar two bed in the Hudson T as their investment. And they're, they, I use this as an example all the time. They've got five grand coming in a month. They're upside down 6,000, they're 600 bucks you know, a month or something on it after all expenses. And that's their investment. And they're hoping for appreciation. Whereas had they just taken that 300 grand that's tied up in that and put it in the S&P in 2016. Put when it in hard it, money, you make 3,000 a yeah, month. Yeah, they would literally, they, they would have built so much yeah. more wealth but if you want to be in the real estate game, you want to be in Hoboken, then take that and go buy three $300,000 one beds right. in Hoboken. And then you can have one vacant. Your rent's not $5,000. Your rent's probably $6,000. Your expenses are lower because you're not in a doorman building paying that. That And like just kind of thinking of it in a completely different, a different way. way. You're right. You have to change the way you thought. Like, I, like some of the areas I'm in now that I have Airbnb properties and I see that, I, you know, I have them on drips and I see that a lot of prop houses come in the market, right? Price drops, houses come in the market. I don't view it as a bad thing. I view it as a good thing in, in, in long term, right? Because more people are leaving the market. The people who are going to buy those properties are most likely not going to buy them for investment sure. purposes. They're either their own or occupied properties or they're going to be their second homes. And I, I'm not getting into the Airbnb business now. Like So for me, I'm looking at it as like, the, I'll use the Poconos, for example. The Poconos, a lot of the owners smartly are taking their profits from the last few years and the increase in value because everybody bought up there and they're like, screw this, I'm getting out of here. But now there's a lot of houses on the market. Mm -hmm. yep. For me, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go the opposite way. I could sell my house right now, take my equity out of it and do the same thing. Or I can improve my house so it stands out amongst the houses that are going to be left. And long term, I'll be ahead of the curve because I'll have all these reviews on the house. So I'm trying to, you know, this is Warren Buffett, right? When everybody's running out, you run in. When everybody's running in, you run out. So I'm trying to take that theory even on my investments at this point now. And two years from now, we may be sitting here, I may be completely wrong, but I think that that's the way to go. Like to go against, I'm going into, I'm trying to go into the blue ocean, not the red ocean. Yeah, I also you think the I mean? down markets shake out speculators, the that's amateurs, it. right? Yeah. So when you do hear a fear, think about the person that bought the house right next to you in the Poconos, I'll give an example. They probably borrowed 40 or 50,000 from a friend. They put 40 or 50,000 from their 401k. They probably quit their job. Yeah. Airbnb is down. They're not taking the Airbnb money to live off of. They're not paying the mortgage. Now they have to sell to try to pay their investor back, Correct. as an example. Yeah, yeah. So real estate's like that speculative game where, ooh, everything's great. You dip your toe, and then when you get in waist high, you see this shark brush by your leg, and you're like, I gotta get out of this water. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's like, shit, there's another shark behind me. I gotta go out that way. You know, no, I mean, if, from away if from if the you, sharks. If you can figure, I think the biggest thing, the biggest exit strategy you can have is how can I have staying power in this investment for five to seven years, right? Like if I can yeah. have stay, if I can have staying power, in this, and I think my biggest mistakes were always, like you said, like the 401k, right? You just were like, screw this, I'm ripping my money out of this thing, I'm gonna put it into something else. Like the biggest mistake they ever made was when I, I, I emotionally fear. panicked, fear. out of fear, made a move like that, and either sold or whatever. So listen, I sold some houses that, that I shouldn't have got as much money as I got for them um, on, the, on the upside, and I got rid of some houses too early on the downside, and both were probably, well, the selling on the upside most of the time is luck. Yep. If I'm being honest, it's, it, like you can't predict the top it's of the market. Yeah, it's, yeah. Timing. it's timing. It's very hard to time stuff at the top, right? So I got lucky in a lot of those properties, and the ones that went down, it was just it was panic. So if I would have just stayed in those properties, I eventually would have found a good time to sell them. You yep. know what I mean? 
It, it, it's what I was going to say. You, you mentioned the 401k too. It just yeah. came up. I was going to breeze over it, but I had the brilliant idea of just not taking my first two paychecks and maxing it out in January. Oh. So mine just my like, best friend did that. Did that. Yeah. So, yeah. Gold, gold, so again, I'll let like, it run for the whole year. Yeah, yeah. I did the same thing, by the way. Yeah. I was maxed out by February. Yeah, but listen, yeah. So my <laughs> personal opinion is, right, you have to go to the experts. I'm not an expert in that, right? Yeah. So when I spoke with Jason at Goldman, he got his bonus, he got the bonuses in January, yeah. and Goldman has a theory. Okay, if you have a one lump sum, let's say you have hundred grand, are you better off putting hundred thousand dollars in in one shot or putting a thousand dollars in for a hundred month? And they said one hundred percent in confidence. You put that one lump sum in in one shot. So he took his full bonus from last year, put it all in. He's like, oh man, I'm, I'm getting, getting destroyed. Hammered. I'm getting destroyed. <laughs> but Goldman said it. Like yeah. they're the elite of the elite. Long, long term, yeah. Right, but then you right. do that every January over ten years, and it all yeah, just yeah, you're we're just in the bad year. Yeah, but, you know, but, yeah. but you're right. But again, look, and there's no right or wrong. Like yeah. you look at the laws of probability and history, and you know what? Per their research from seven million years that they have tracked, yeah, put the lump sum in. No, well, just it's like I again. should work for Goldman. Yeah, right. You're like, <laughs> I'm really <laughs> having great ideas. So you look at S&P 500 stocks; they're up on average every year, ten percent, right? So if it's down twenty five percent this year. By rule of averages, right. at some point it's going to be Has there, to come yeah. back. And, and like that's what I, you know, where I don't know when I'm going to make an emotional decision. I try to go to something like that. Yep. Like if this is this every single year, let me put in an index fund that has low fees, that's sure. got a, a rate of return that makes sense, and just leave it alone. The problem is, is that I think Warren Buffett's rate of return for life is like sixteen percent, right? Yep. Like the greatest investor of all time, sixteen percent, still right? phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. But but making ten percent at this point, people are like, oh, it's only ten percent of yeah, my money. Sexy. That's a good investment. It's not sexy. It's a great investment. Well, you have Dogecoin that returns four trillion. Yeah, percent. yeah like, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Well, that's the problem with like the realtors and the loan officers say they want that get rich quick feeling, and yeah, that's why people went so hard into crypto because there were millionaires being made overnight, and it that technically was easy because they were riding a wave right. where they would get lucky. We weren't covering, or people weren't talking about it, the guys that just took the absolute bath and right. that that sort of thing. Right. But that's that's kind of like the the. I've done so many investing, man. You've been you've been the lender on a lot of the things that we've done. And had I just taken my money back in 2014 and gone into syndications year after year, I'd be worth probably 10x what I'm worth today. If you just but, did, you just did one thing. But I was trying to be the operator. I was trying to create 200 grand every flip. But I was at trying 36 to like, you know. now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Think about how valuable you yeah, are. You worry about oh, 10x. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so again, like I look at and I beat myself up more than anybody, but don't so. You go back to 2010 and I share everyone like the story. People are like, oh, you're a loose cannon. You're this, you're erratic. I'm like, okay, it's 2010. First of all, the mortgage business is still all jacked up, yeah. right? I'm 23 years old. I didn't graduate college. I played football, right? I didn't go to class. I taught myself everything. I own two Liberty Tax franchises. I own a Remax franchise. I own seven properties, four vacant. Going through quarter million dollars of renovations, right? Would you fucking behave properly? <laughs> yeah. Your nine to five employee that's guaranteed a paycheck every two weeks is yeah. erratic, emotional. Yeah. Just the Remax franchise would drive me insane. Yeah. That's the only reason why I did that. I wanted to go out to Denver. Yeah. Fuck the Denver. Yeah. I got a free ride out to Denver. Right. But I, I, I share that. And I had employees and I had processors yeah. and I had and guidelines. You, you know, the problem with that is that age. It, not the, it's not the age, it's the experience. Like you said, you're not ready for it. Not, no. Yeah. So, you, you're never ready. I don't think you're, you're ready. Never ready. ready. That's that. true. You're That's never ready. That. That's a good right? point. Like, I tell you that because, like, I put all those monkeys on my back at 23, right? And now at 35, I walk around as light as can be because a, I'm still here. Yep. B, I accomplished it. C, I taught myself everything that I know, right? Yep. And now at 35, forget about what I could have been worth. 
Now I can go on a 15 year run that's, you know, next level because I had that experience. Right. I'm not starting yeah, at 35 with a kid where, you know what, shit, like now I have real things to lose. Yep. Back then, I had nothing to lose. But you can move a lot quicker too and you know that those two Liberty franchises, those aren't worth your time that not you have to put the into the, 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 like all yeah. of it. And you well, start it, to you say, know, I'm not going to do that. I will do this. Right. Like, it's know? interesting because I didn't even know you were 36, but it's interesting that if, even talking to you, because I know your history well, but I, you've done a lot. Like you had Airbnbs, you have, you did flips. Like you've, you've done every aspect of real estate at this point in, in your time in the business. So it's like, you have a lot of experience yeah. on, on almost every, one, almost every strategy. I tell people at, at my, at my peak, I owned, I had 40 something. We were doing every Airbnb arbitrage, yeah. got hit hard with COVID, didn't have the reserves in the tank and stuff like that. So I can talk about that failure. Yeah. I know how I would do it differently and stuff going back. Um, I had over 80 doors. I I bought a 29 unit rooming house that had the zoning change on me and stuff. I've had buildings burned down where I've actually had to sue the insurance company because they denied the claim. Hey, you, like, have, you have a, you have I've a done, rich experience. I've got, I mean, this is all scars. Yeah, it's all it's under great. Here. Scabs, but, not scars. Yeah, scabs. Yeah. <laughs> it's <still scarring>. yeah. <laughs> but I've learned from that. And that's, that's exactly what you're talking about where it's like, I know that I got, so to me, at the 27 year old me was more, more meant more money. And what I've learned now is let me do syndications. Let me invest with yeah. people who operate at a super high level, but let me make my money in my world, which is running a real estate team, recruiting and training agents. Yeah. And that's it. And that's like, yeah, my, the main, keep the main thing, the main thing, the main thing and just keep yeah. adding zeros. To yeah. That so I, I have, and you have this conversation all the time and this is where, you know, looking Jeff and, and, and Jeff is a free bird for the most part. Cause he's just, he's responsible for himself and he, he puts himself, but you know, there's a lot of days where I'm like, screw this. I'm just going to go be me. Yep. I'll make money being me. I'll keep my properties and all that stuff. And I look at some other things and I'm like, well, that would be irresponsible for this, this, and this. And, and, and if I keep the mate, if I just can get through the waves and keep the mate, because the thing, and you can talk to this for sure, like the things you're doing that seem like they're sexy and great, they have their good days and bad days too. Like it's not, it's the same thing with everything else. Like no matter what you're doing, even though you're just responsible for yourself every single day now, all the projects you're working on have good days and bad days. It's never all the way up. Yep. So I, when, when the day, I'm having a bad day in the mortgage business and I'm like, screw this business, this business sucks, I'm just going to go like, you know, do everything I've been working for on my own. I'm just like, that's not the small thing to do. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I know how to do this. I know how to well, do this well. That's where maturity comes in. Yeah, that's, too, right? I mean, that's Maturity true. and yeah. knowing like, hey, you know what? I'm having this irrational thought or I'm having this moment of checking out, but I'm not. And here's the reason why. But those thoughts are normal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, like, you know, obviously working out and I learned this. It's like nothing goes straight up and nothing goes like this, right? What I've also learned from working out and training at a high level is right when you know you're in those like kind of valleys, right? Like you're down, you're not as strong, you missed a weight by three reps that you just did four days ago, you're tired, you're hungry, you're hurting, right? I look at it now as like, I actually love valleys because there's only one way to go up. That's yeah. true. And, and a valley, like you can only plateau for so long before like, all right, rock bottom's rock bottom. Like, unless you're gonna drill this table, like you can only go here, yeah, right? You know point. you can't drop any further, it's a little yeah, right? And then, okay, you know what? Like in an airplane, we're just on an airplane, my son, you know, when the airplane goes to take off, like you kind of feel that takeoff coming. And before you know it, you're 10,000 feet in the sky. Yep. So people that are experiencing that plateau or that low or that valley, embrace that and love that and be grateful for when you feel that those start, you know, starting to come up. Yep, 100%. Yeah. That's, that's the, I like that. 
I'm going to use that on like 10 people today. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's, and it's, I, I, the good news is it's going to from here. Like, it's, 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 Listen, it's again, I can speak from that yeah, from experience, right you know? Yeah. And like you, you, you can only appreciate and be grateful for the things after going through war, going through hell, yeah. going through shit that you're like, I don't understand here. Like, why does this keep happening? Like, you're getting hit with 10, 15, 20, $30,000 repairs, bills, boilers breaking, tenants not paying. You're sitting here like, I think I'm a good person. Like, I think I did everything the right way. Yeah. Like, did they care that I gave them a $100 gift card? Like, and they're going to not pay my rent this month? Like, yeah. I did right by them. You know, yeah. you start having those conversations with yourself. Like, but at the end of the day, if you figure out why you did something, like what your intention was behind it, I found that the best decisions that I've made, I've had the most pure intentions in. Right. And sometimes they don't go the right way. But yeah. then I started telling myself, hey, like, take the lesson from this. Where could I have done things differently? Yep. Like, did I speculate maybe too much on this opportunity? Did I ignore like my gut of telling me like stick to what you know? But again, you know, your experiences make you more valuable, good or bad. And that's, I feel like that's, we got to close it up too. We're, we're running out of time, but that's, that's where I'll leave it. I mean, the, the people that have the self-awareness to look at anything that's happening in their world is because of something that they did. 100% it's, it all points back to nobody owes you anything. Yeah. Your clients don't owe you anything. I have some people that owe me some things. <laughs> I, got, I got proof, I got documents, I got five documents. I'm talking about from a sales aspect yeah, of things. Right. So nobody, nobody, like if a client works with another real estate agent, you dropped the ball somewhere. You point. did something yeah, wrong point. somewhere. It's a really good point. It's a really and, good point. And same with the loans or whatever yeah. it may be. I mean, obviously rates, things like that are out, outside no, you're of your right. control. Have, having the self-awareness, you, you hit but, that on the head. But yeah. it, it all points back to, you know, what, what can you do different and what can you do different? And, and actually, people who owe you stuff, Looking, looking forward through that. Maybe you won't do whatever you Me did that makes somebody oh, owe you something. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so related you screwed that. up by doing something Absolutely. with those people. Absolutely, you know who not to deal with. Yeah. Yep, totally. Well, guys, I really appreciate you guys well, coming on. I feel like I could, you. you know, we could wrap for eight hours straight. So, um, any closing thoughts or? No, I think we got. I think we got it all. I got. I got a couple of gems I'll use on my own now today. You're a debug on Instagram, right? Debug, yeah. And social media, D I B U G. What are you? Jeff Van No SR. No more mortgage quarterback. No, I had to do away with that. It was boxing. <laughs> this is the reinventing. Much. Yeah. This is yeah, it. I got took a couple blindside hits, and the mortgage quarterback went on the side. <laughs> came back. He's came above back, it. Came back as a GM. He's, he's above it. Player coach. He signs the checks now. Tom Brady. I'm like Tom Brady. In business, you know. Awesome guys. I appreciate it. Thanks Thank so much you. for tuning in. Thank, Thank you guys. guys.